MSW Media. News was Daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, April 13th. Today we go over packs of states on the east and west coast coming together in order to work together to lift restrictions related to COVID-19. Trump tweets speculation he could fire Fauci. Trump goes crazy in a press conference, and more good news after that. Uh, I'm your host, Jordan Coburn, and with me today is Amanda Reeder. Hello. Hello. I forgot you don't say your own name. (laughs) Doing great. We're off to a great start. Um, Yes, we are. (laughs) Hopefully we sound okay. It's our first time trying this setup with the two of us, so hopefully it goes all right. We will have a pretty quick show for you today, uh, just the two of us, and uh, yeah, it's nice. I haven't been on the show, I think, for a week or so, unless you are a patron, in which case you have seen my face at our weekly video live stream. Yeah, so it's been fun hanging out with patrons there. I've been doing mostly behind-the-scenes work for the last few weeks. I've gotten a few tweets of people being like, Mandy, are you okay? And I am okay. Um, My hips are not due to the amount of quarantine carbs I've been eating, but in general, I'm okay. About the quarantine carbs. I feel that. No shame, though. We, I love my body, but yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, 100%. Yeah. It's just been really nice to support local businesses, mm-hmm. and those businesses happen to be pizza establishments. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Ryan and I we, yeah, we've ordered so much pizza. Um, I how how are you other than everything you already just said? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just you know it's kind of a one day at a time kind of vibe right now. Keep trying to keep busy on the days that I have the energy for that, and on the days that I feel really crappy, just kind of leaning into that and letting myself feel crappy and crying in the shower if I need to. Um, it's a hard time for extroverts mm-hmm. out here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean. For everyone. It's, it is for everyone. But Yes, definitely. Um, I feel like today, though, we started to get our first glimmer of hope, at least in terms of there being talk of potentially coming up with plans to reopen things. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's uplifting. It's and uh, let's start. It is promising. Yeah, let's get into that with Hot Notes. Hot Notes. So Amanda and I are just going to kind of bounce back and forth, delivering you all some headlines. I will go ahead and start. Uh, so it was announced, yes, it was announced today in a joint presser that governors of six East Coast states are planning on cooperating with one another to make plans for reopening the region. The states are New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Delaware. And like I said, they all said they're going to work together to reopen state economies, schools, and other important elements. Uh, The six states together have recorded over 300,000 confirmed virus cases. That's more than half of the U.S. total and nearly 14,000 deaths, which makes up around 60% of the country's total. So these are some pretty key states when we're talking about Mm -hmm. the epicenter of the virus right now in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, And and, um, Governor Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania said the sequence is you've got to get people healthy first and then you can reopen the economy. So they're really making sure to make it very clear, you know, don't take this news of us starting to talk about this as, okay, everyone, Mm -hmm. getting out of your house is right around the corner and uh, start getting lax on all of the things because everything's okay. That's by no means what's happening. They just know now the crisis level is more managed just in terms of having, you know, uh, the levels plateauing, for example, of new cases. Um, so that's, that's something that's now allowing them to potentially get their eyes shifting a little bit more towards the future. But still, first and foremost, priority, obviously, is to get everybody as healthy as possible and cover the public health crisis aspect of it first and foremost. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I know we're going to go over this in the next segment here, um, but um, he didn't get super into detail on what that would look like. I watched the Gavin Newsom version of that talking about how California, Oregon, and Washington, all the West Coast states are going to join together to have 
a similar collaboration on lifting restrictions and moving forward. But at this time, it's still pretty vague as to what that means or, you know, what, what, what that looks like. Was he was he more specific? Yes, yeah. So Cuomo specifically, or these these governors? Yeah, was was Cuomo more specific? Because from what we have from Gavin Newsom so far, it's not. There's nothing. You know, it's still vague, and it's still just like we'll announce stuff. You know, tomorrow and the next day down the line. Yes, I got a similar sense from the briefing from the East Coast Pack as well. Just they kind of did like a joint press conference where they had all the governors pop on, and you know they were kind of just saying their piece in terms of what they wanted to communicate as to what this means moving forward. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't a lot of details at all. So it was really similar to the West Coast Pact, which um, is between California, Oregon, and Washington. Mind you, both of these pacts have all Democratic leaders in them. Yep. (laughs) which, Which some people are questioning if this is a direct response to Trump tweeting that he, not the governors, will decide when to open up states again. So that's interesting uh, to think about. I think it's one of those things, though, where it's like, and they were asked about this directly in various cases, and the response is, of course, we're not politicizing health. That is the whole point of everything that we've been trying to do Uh and the principles we've been trying to live by. Um, We're just trying to do what we know and are most equipped to do, you know, is like they know what's best for their state they're the governors right mm-hmm. so i i don't think it's i don't believe that they just all of a sudden scrambled together to come up with this pact to come out against trump i certainly do not believe that i do think it's possible though that they're being proactive in ways that are necessary mm-hmm. and to trump that reads like an assault on him because he's the antithesis of preparedness yes speaking of which uh we will get into his press briefing later or now <laughs> yeah yeah i'm down i'm down to go i i squeezed it in later yep. just after the factory story mm-hmm. if you want to talk about it then yeah that sounds great it was i didn't watch much of it maybe 10 minutes or so but uh and i haven't watched his daily press briefings lately i've just been watching gavin newsom's um but wow holy shit today yeah. was off the rails or it's yeah, it's monday it afternoon our time so for folks who are listening it's going to be tuesday the 14th so this happened the, the monday briefing is the one we're talking about yes mm-hmm. it was fucking wild yeah we'll totally get into that i too only made i think i made it like 20 minutes that's why i was late for us starting to record it was just you know very very train wreck gazing yes indeed just, yeah <laughs> um going back to the the east coast mm-hmm. stuff some news coming out of new york cuomo did say that he thinks the worst part of the covid outbreak looks like it may be over he said i believe the worst is over if we continue to be smart i believe we can start on the path to normalcy um, even if the out re- outbreak had reached its apex, Cuomo said there would still be weeks of suffering to come. And he noted how many people are still going to die of the virus. And he said that the number of deaths, while basically flat, uh, you know, when he, he said, when you say basically flat, it's basically flat as a horrific level. It's a bunch of pain, grief, and sorrow. This is not a positive metric by any means uh, outside of the fact that it's not increasing. The rate itself is not increasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But him saying those words though, I think, you know, I know we have a lot of New Yorkers that listen mm-hmm. and I know when I hear that across the country, I breathe a sigh of relief just from hearing something, you know, other than cases are increasing mm-hmm. at a drastic level. And I hope that, that's what some people are feeling in New York, although they are in the epicenter of this and there's still death, quite frankly, all around them. Yeah. So I know that's terrifying. It is, but we have to, I think, focus on these slivers of hope and, and evidence that the curve is flattening to help our mental health. <laughs> so I think it's, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's good to, to, uh, to be optimistic, but yeah, I, I, my heart really does go out to New Yorkers. It's rough. I mean, at the very least, they have um, they have a leader who seems to have a human decent amount of empathy <laughs> for the people who mm-hmm. live in his state. Um, that's one of the most challenging mm-hmm. things about watching Trump, and it's been challenging this whole time having a leader without much empathy. But in a time of such in uh, the levels of death that we're seeing and the level of like grief and 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 
frustration by people, his lack of empathy is almost more evident right now than any other time during his presidency. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because it's so on display and it's so under a microscope right now because of his response to this and the way that he talks about deaths and the numbers of deaths um, without any emotion, without any human emotion, you know? So anyway. Yeah. He is truly, I, I feel like, what is that encyclopedia of mental i forget what the it's it's like essentially for all mental illnesses they have like a diagnostic what the fuck is that thing called it's like we're psychiatrists and psychologists like right i know what you're talking about yeah yeah what is that called i don't remember and i don't know and i also what i'm thinking though is his he absolutely you know the word narcissism gets thrown around pretty haphazardly nowadays i think yeah just in terms of having narcissistic tendencies for sure versus truly being a narcissist mm-hmm. like a malignant narcissist mm-hmm. he he has npd so bad yes and i think he's a psychopath so it's like, i wish that there was some sort of like health authority you know we talk about invoking like the, what are the 25th amendment mm-hmm. right and I just today's display. Yeah, I, I keep inching towards talking about the press conference because it was such a yeah, you know yeah. So it, it's he's so fucking awful, and he makes everything about him. It's fucking. It blows my goddamn mind. Just another day in paradise. <laughs> yes. Um, something to add to the West Coast Pact. Yeah. Gavin Newsom said, or they all put out a joint statement. They they laid out four shared goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, to control the virus, including, number one, protecting vulnerable populations. Mm-hmm. Number two, ensuring the states have enough equipment and hospital workers to provide adequate care. Mm-hmm. Number three, mitigating non-direct health effects on disadvantaged communities. And number four, developing a strategy to test, track, and isolate cases. So mm-hmm. they laid out a little bit more of a game plan than what I saw was um, laid out on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. but. I haven't had a chance to watch the entire East Coast press conference, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But I know, I know that it is um, essential right now that they're including plans mm-hmm. to investigate and appropriately address and mitigate the disproportionate amount of damage and harm that is happening right now to people of color. Yeah, people who are already vulnerable. Yeah, I was also impressed yes. to hear Gavin Newsom talk uh, specifically about um, children who are in foster care or kids who are, you know, quote unquote, in the system. I had the level of detail that he goes into. I mean, I, I didn't hear a lot of detail about his um, his his uh, collaboration with the other West Coast states as of yet. But some of the detail he's gone into about specifically what's happening here in California has been impressive. He's trying to work on. Um, uh, allowing ch- children who age out of the system and become emancipated to stay in it for longer so they can continue to have a home and have care and have food and a roof over their heads. They're trying to cool. get more money out to these to, to these families as well and to some of the you know, marginalized people. And so I was impressed to hear that specifically, like, you know, we're trying to allow for foster kids who are aging out of the system to be able to stay with um, their their caregivers for the time being or to support those people to stay with their caregivers for the for the for the time being during the pandemic so that, you know, Absolutely. because 200 kids a month age out of the system. So, um, wow. yeah, that was really impressive to hear to hear him get into that level of granular detail about, you know, protecting certain vulnerable segments of the population. So I felt really comforted by him. I was watching the Trump press briefing, which, again, we'll go into more later, but I had to turn it off and switch to Gavin Newsom's updates because I couldn't listen to Trump for more than yeah. 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talking about, yeah, um, <laughs> Talking about affected populations that are going virtually unrecognized by the leadership under Trump, mm-hmm. yeah. the treatment of detainees in detention camps right now mm-hmm. is yes, like Terrific. worse than it ever was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's so like the pictures. Have you seen any of the pictures right now? I haven't no I I haven't seen any pictures recently well, of the because I know you're you're very empathetic but unless you're depends you on know. the day <laughs> I mean not that I'm not always empathetic yeah. but it depends on the day in terms of how much 
uh, how disassociated I am that day. Sometimes I can handle horrible news and other times it's super difficult. But um, but yeah, I, I worked for Amnesty International a couple of years ago and the treatment of migrants and and people and asylum seekers all over the world is fucking disgraceful and shameful. But I haven't looked into specifically how much worse it's gotten right now, but I'm sure it's bad. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I, I have a friend, Seraphine from college. Mm-hmm. He posted on his Instagram story today uh, some stuff that I want to share. Yeah, please He do. shared, ICE received $2 billion in the COVID-19 stimulus package. And he shared that with images of detainee- detainees in these rooms. They're still literally, they're packed like sardines mm-hmm. wearing these masks. Fucking awful. He also put out a call to go to fivecalls.org and they tell you who your representative is based on your location and um, then he posted a script on his Instagram story uh, to read when you call them that addresses this issue Uh, and I want to read the message it says hi my name is blank from blank I'm outraged and appalled by the reports of abuses of detained immigrants from massive overcrowding denial of necessary medical care to children and the lack of measures to protect detained immigrants from COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I urge blank to demand an investigation of immigration enforcement practices and detention conditions, deny additional funding to ICE, and allocate adequate funding to immigration courts to ensure timely processing of asylum applications. So if you have the time uh, to call to call your rep, if that's an issue that you're comfortable advocating for, mm-hmm. call. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and, mm-hmm. and and on that same kind of note in terms of um, mistreatment of people and people unable to practice physical distancing, the same thing is happening in prisons. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. That's a really good point. So if you if you would if you have the energy uh, or the time to call your representative or send a letter to your representative regarding um, ICE and people at the border, please do so. What, what was the website again, Jordan? Yes. Fivecalls.org, easiest and most effective way for citizens to make an impact on national local politics. Sweet. So basically, yeah, so it's a general resource, this mm-hmm. page. Uh, the script that he posted on his story, I can, I can, if if people are interested in reading that, let me double check with him that that wasn't, um, that he's comfortable with me sharing that if for any reason that's something that he wrote on. I can't imagine he wouldn't be, but yeah, we can definitely follow up Sweet. on our uh, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, whatever makes sense for that. Uh, and I will also try to track down an originator of that campaign, of which I know there are many groups that are working on that. Sweet. Uh, yes. Um, okay. Moving on from the West Coast, East Coast pack stuff. Did you have any other I, world COVID updates? I do. I have a couple things here, actually. I was doing some research just on uh, COVID news from around the world. And this is from The Guardian, and this is about uh, the Brazilian president, Bolsonaro, who's kind of a Trumpy dude. And um, surprise, surprise, he is defying his health minister. And uh, Brazil's health minister has publicly defied the president over coronavirus, accusing him of sowing doubt in Brazilian minds over the need for physical distancing. In a Sunday night interview with Brazil's most watched TV network, Luiz Mandetta signaled that Bolsonaro's insistence on snubbing the health ministry's distancing recommendations was confusing the country's 210 million citizens. They don't know whether to listen to the health minister or to the president. And he urged Bolsonaro's administration to present a single united line on how to tackle the pandemic and how to practice physical distancing. So the health minister of Brazil is going on TV, essentially like begging the president to um, listen. (laughs) So that's cool. Oh my God. That is really scary. Yeah. Um, this is uh, news out of Spain and Spain is handing out millions of masks to their citizen citizens. Um, police in Spain on Monday handed out approximately 10 million masks to commuters as the country started to slowly ease its coronavirus lockdown, allowing some businesses to reopen. So construction and manufacturing businesses were allowed to reopen while retail remained closed and office workers were encouraged to keep working from home. But um, the police force in Spain handed out, you know, millions and millions of masks to to people who were commuting to work. So um, which is yeah. especially in those European countries where people rely on transit more than they do in the U.S. It's super mm-hmm. important. Um, this is from the U.N., 
And the UN says that disinformation is also killing people in, during the coronavirus. Um, the, uh, the, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, says that unreliable and false information is spreading around the world to such an extent that some commentators are now referring to the new avalanche of misinformation as a disinfodemic. <laughs> and um, fears wow. are growing that this phenomenon is putting lives at risk. Um, so because of the scale of this problem, the World Health Organization, which is leading the UN's response to the pandemic, has added a MythBuster section to its online coronavirus advice pages. It refutes uh, a staggering array of myths from around the world, including claims that drinking potent alcoholic drinks, exposure to high temperatures, or conversely, very cold temperatures can kill the virus. So uh, yeah, the world, the UN and the and the WHO has a MythBuster section that they're collaborating on to give people the facts. Um, a couple more little quick things here. Um, Vietnam, which I don't often think about the U.S.-Vietnam relationship, uh, the, the the modern one at least, but Vietnam has um, expedited the shipment of 450,000, so almost half a million protective suits to the U.S. to help healthcare professionals fight the coronavirus. Um, so, yeah, they, they've, they're really sending cool. half a million um, uh, PPE uh, outfits for for frontline healthcare professionals and and that's fucking amazing. So thank you, Vietnam. Uh, yeah, that is amazing. And in complete awesome? contradiction to what Trump said in his fucking press conference mm-hmm. that everybody's great and has all the equipment that they need. Yeah. A um, couple other really rapid fire things here. France, uh, the the Prime Minister of France, or sorry, the President of France, my bad, um, ordered another month of lockdown. Um, this is out of my home country, the Great White North in Canada. Uh, polling conducted by Ipsos exclusively for Global News in Canada found that <laughs> only 16% of Canadians approved of Trump's ha- response to the COVID crisis. Oh, jeez. So, um, so 80, so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> Bad. Dismal. It yeah. is. Yeah. I'm great. I can only imagine Trump's response to that. Good. Nobody asked you. <laughs> yeah. So 84% of Canadians think Trump's doing a bad job, but that's probably not much of a surprise. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Yeah. And know. then this one little last bit here. And they're also talking from a country where they're getting two grand a month, right? Some people are. Correct. Um, most people, not everybody. There's been some, um, there has been some, I think, frustration that if you, and this is, I could be getting this wrong, so I apologize. Um, this is just secondhand information I'm getting from members of my family. But if you owe the government money in any way, so if you have, if you owe them taxes, if you owe them, I think, yes. like, missed student loan payments, if you owe them child support, anything like that, you don't get the money. Um, God, so. that's fucked up. They're doing the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, you know, if you are already struggling to pay your child support, you probably are you know like people should get this money regardless of whether or not they owe the government money because that's how we help people not to starve um but anyway exactly. <laughs> yeah i actually i need to corroborate what i just said but i'm pr- but i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that it's the same thing in the u.s where the people that owe money are gonna get it like they mm-hmm. yeah they won't receive the checks if they hadn't got if they were supposed to pay taxes this year basically right yeah or like they'll calculate, like they're going to dole it out to the people that already paid or were owed a refund or something, mm-hmm. and then, and then they'll get around to the other people, I guess. But at this point, it's like unemployment offices around the nation are apparently just not even picking up their phones. So yeah, it's the federal government. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. So there's that. Um, here's a last one for okay. in terms of world news, and this is just across the border from us in Baja, California. Um, A governor in Mexico, the governor of Baja, California, Jamie Bonilla, has ordered the closure of a factory run by an American healthcare firm for refusing to sell ventilators to Mexican hospitals treating coronavirus patients. So Jamie Bonilla said he closed the Smith's medical facility because it was not providing an essential service to Mexicans, which is a requirement for factories to stay open during the pandemic. Uh, He said... If you want us to consider you essential, you have to provide some benefit to the people of Baja, California by selling us ventilators because we, because we need them. And the company said no. They were only going to sell to the U.S., so he shut them down. Wow. 
That seems fair to me. Yeah. I don't know a lot about the intricacies of trade policy or whatnot or like operating off of, you know, someone else's land essentially because it's cheaper, but that seems pretty fair to me. I mean, a lot of a lot of American healthcare companies, a lot of American, not just healthcare companies, but a lot of American manufacturing and, um, and factories have moved to Mexico to be able to get cheaper labor. And oh, he's yeah. like, okay, you want to use our labor, you have to sell some ventilators to us. And they are saying no. Yeah. So he's saying, well, then you're not an essential business for us right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, you know, there were groups at UC San Diego actually that used to do Macchiadora tours basically, and they would take you down to go look at those factories that were exploiting people for cheap labor basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like literally right on the other side, like like half an hour away from us right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly, really close by. So So yeah, those are my world updates. Thank you so much. You're that was very comprehensive and I appreciate you doing that yeah um okay i'm gonna move on to uh some fauci Mm -hmm. drama uh so i don't know if you all saw this but yesterday sunday fauci apparently confirmed evidence that was presented in a report that was really bad for trump and trump administration's response uh to the outbreak and it led to tweets uh retweets i should say from donald trump that included language saying that Fauci should be fired. And he just retweeted that. And then a whole flurry of people came about speculating that Fauci was going to be ousted soon. And then what happened next was today at the press conference, which we could totally give ourselves a green light, I think, to start talking about. Mm-hmm. It seems like a fine segue. Yeah. Uh, Trump brought up Fauci essentially to explain himself and say that in very in the most cryptic terms possible trump didn't do a bad job essentially sorry i said what i said and that it sounded like i was criticizing the president that's Uh that's that's basically what the point of his message was he talked for maybe like two minutes it was pretty brief a reporter asked him, are you saying this voluntarily? And Fauci got like visibly pissed, actually. He was like, why would you even suggest that? And he gave him a stare and like neither of them talked for a second. It was kind of intense. Yeah. So that's that's what started the press conference today. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then it turned into the craziest propaganda session I have seen come out of that office yet. Yes. Uh, Amanda, do you want to describe the <laughs> um, video? Well, I mean, I only saw part of it because CNN actually cut away from it. Uh, but from, oh. yeah, CNN actually like cut away from the propaganda video and back to their own commentators. And then and then they went back to the briefing room after he had finished playing the video. But from what I saw, it was it looked like um, a PowerPoint presentation uh, done by a 17 year old in the 90s. I don't know. Like it was like high, it was like, it was like high school level production, but like not even, not even like modern high schoolers, like high schoolers 15 years ago, it was rough. And, um, it was, uh, basically just, uh, it was a, it was a propaganda video where he was strung together bits of media praise for himself and crafted Mm -hmm. a narrative that he had that that the Democrat that the media was to blame for this and the Democrats were to blame for this and he took action early and it was just terrifying. But yes, did you see the reporter exactly. afterwards who like wasn't having it and was like, "What did you do for the entire month of February?" Did you see? No, her? I didn't watch. Oh, that, that was great. No, I only watched it for yeah. Like he called her. He called her a disgrace. He called her shameful because she was pressing him on, you know, his bullshit. But. Yeah, what yes. is your perspective well, on the video that he showed? Yeah. Well, so what what how once Fauci got off, Trump starts talking about the timeline saying, you know, everybody wants to say I didn't do anything and luckily I write dates down because the fake news is always lying. So I took note of these because I'm so smart and he, he literally said that and he was like you know january blank i heard blank january blank i did this and he just tries to make a case for himself using a timeline trying to illustrate that he adequately responded to things and that 
As soon as Fauci and officials came to him, he took action. The action, the only action that he's even able to reference being closing borders, essentially. And then he goes on a rant about how he was called racist and xenophobic because of that. And then he plugs in the video. So, so then he puts on this video, which exactly like you said, is a total propaganda video starting with clips from, so he, this was crazy. He, Mm -hmm. if I saw this correctly, I only watched it once. Please correct me if I'm wrong, you or anybody, but he, he starts out blaming media and throws in Fox News into it, saying that the media was downplaying the severity of the virus and that it was actually him mm-hmm. who was taking it seriously. Correct. And that every... And yes. And that was, that was crazy. I really need to watch it again because I almost can't believe what I'm saying that he put Fox in that camp. Mm-hmm. He's so... He's just incredibly desperate right now and he's taking up an entire press briefing to do his own pr campaign strictly for himself nothing about Mm -hmm. how we're moving forward with dealing with this as a nation none of that stuff he's literally it was like well he doesn't get his rallies anymore he doesn't get all of the praise and cheering and he doesn't get the ability to riff off of the you know all of the MAGA people the way that he usually does whenever he's feeling you know he wakes up feels bad about himself he's like you know what I'm gonna go to a rally I want people to scream praise at me it was like last week when he in one of the press briefings when he was like can't wait till this room is full of people who like me again or whatever the fuck he said um yeah yeah it was really um it was I, I don't know how many times I've said this in the last four years but it was just another new level of shock. My jaw dropped to the floor when he started playing this video. I mean, it was yeah, it, yeah. Just like you said, it looked like a like a ten year old made it too. It and he admitted awful. that. Yeah, he admitted his staff made it in under two hours. But it's like the whole point of it essentially was to just try to make the argument that he did everything right exactly when he was supposed to do it, and he's like using. You know, he's just throwing shit at all sides. It's not sympathetic to the left or to the right. It Mm -hmm. is purely sympathetic to himself. That is the only purpose of this video. And it was the most narcissistic, truly, display I have ever seen Mm -hmm. him do so far. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it could have just been that, like, uh, that... (laughs) You ever see that? The clip of Bart Simpson when he has the pots and pans and he's like, I am so great. I am so great. <laughs> I am so great. That's just what it was. It was just that that was it. Yes. And he got really and then- aggressive, like more so than I've – I mean, he's always been aggressive. I think the thing is is that a lot of his like more extreme aggression is in his rallies or in his like freestyle moments when I tend to try to not watch or I haven't lately anyway. Like if I if I have to watch him, it's during some official briefing, right? Much of his more aggressive stuff, I've kind of shielded myself from for my own sanity. But he got really aggressive mm-hmm. in the briefing room, yeah, you know, and just openly yeah. fighting with he, you know, he was he was just having a meltdown. Oh yeah, and then of course, only you know, he was he's taking questions from OAN and mm-hmm. the people that are sympathetic to him, just taking questions head on, and then with these other people. Granted, they are they are being antagonistic because there is a flat out war right now between the president and between reporters. Mm-hmm. That is just like what is happening, unless it is a far right organization, conspiracy believing, you know, like shell company funded organization he hates you and it's so crazy right now what a brawl happens in those rooms Mm -hmm. it is like it is fucking crazy and i think the craziest part for me when he was playing that video is watching him off to the side as he's looking at the screen and then turning back and making gestures with his arms like see see and he's smirking and he's smiling and shit like it's it is so it is so cringe as fuck, dude. It's so bad. It's cringe as fuck. It is so fucking crazy. Uh. He seems like, he seems like a person, you know, I don't know. You know, like in elementary school or something when you made a lie about where the last ice cream bar went or something, and then <laughs> you like somehow are able to gather enough 
allies to lie for you and then you're all <laughs> proud and shit when you're like no mom see listen listen and then you get your fucking little brother because you like threatened 14 wedgies against him and so he's sitting there like telling your mom oh yeah yeah she didn't do it and then he's like yeah yeah and he's sitting there all fucking proud with himself that's what he looked like it was so mm-hmm. weird it was yeah it so was, weird it was Yet another disturbing display by our dear leader. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about it. I I don't recommend most people watch anything Trump does because you have us to do that for you. Um, but if you are at all interested in what the fuck Jordan and I have just been talking about, please go and watch for yourself and tweet at us with your um, feelings on that because we would love to know. Um, or if you would just like yeah. to scream at us about how frustrated you are, that's cool too. But um, at Daily Beans, yes. it is, I don't recommend yes. watching most things, but this was just fucking off the rails and it's oh, probably worth- one for the history books. Yes, it's one for the history books. I agree. It's a, it was particularly intense. Um, I watched, like- I watched- Go it. ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Yes. I, I anticipate you're saying, would you like to shift into something else? <laughs> <laughs> would you like some good news <laughs> to bring down your yes. uh, blood pressure? Yes, um, but it. I think just a final thought for me on this. He he truly looked like a sick child, and I had feelings for him that I have had for yeah, like fucking youth that are committing you know i don't know like kids that go to juvie and shit just shit that's like except they at least probably have an excuse because they you know sometimes come from under-resourced areas whereas trump is just a complete narcissistic piece of shit but he truly just looks like a troubled he has such troubled kid energy in these things where it's like my god your parents really fucked up dude this is like fucked up watching how he acts yeah it's that wasn't eloquent but that's how i feel no that's cool man doesn't always have to be eloquent it is fucked up (laughs) yes Um, although don't don't let that juvie analogy sink in i know that doesn't check out and kids are dope and need to be loved and rehabilitated into loving themselves trump is yeah just a piece of shit so please don't tweet me about that but (laughs) uh yeah rough but yeah okay I, I am ready for some good news. There was one more story, uh, the Virginia yeah. governor's story. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a good news story. We can kick off the good news with with that story. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. Ralph Northam, our friend, our friend Ralph Northam, uh, announced on Sunday. So uh, yesterday, during the time of recording, that he has signed into law a new series of measures um, aimed at expanding access to voting in his state. So the new legislation will establish Election Day as a holiday and also remove the requirement that showing that voters show a photo ID prior to casting a ballot and expand early voting to be allowed 45 days before an election without a stated reason. And the state previously required absentee voters to provide the state with a reason from an approved list. So uh, he said, voting is a fundamental right, and these new laws strengthen our democracy by making it easier to cast a ballot, not harder. No matter where you are or where you live in Virginia, your voice deserves to be heard. So fuck yeah, Governor Northam expanding access to voting in his state. We we love that shit. Definitely. Sorry. Also, I missed – I said the Virginia governor's story. Wait, no, not the governor. And now I'm here to correct and say, yes, the governor, which you've already done. (laughs) All right. Sins confessed. Thank you. That's hey, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, couple quick little good news tidbits and quarantine confessions from our listeners. Um, this is oh, from yeah. Lana or Lana. I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, but she says, I brought my 81-year-old mother to our house and out of assistant living to stay with us during the pandemic. I could not live with myself if she died alone. Um, I'm very OCD about this COVID-19, as Muller, she wrote, and the Daily Beans have been warning us for a while. And my husband is a saint. Uh, my mom is a Fox News guppy, so I've blocked the TV. <laughs> I blocked the channel on her TV, and I'm calling it her defoxification. Thank you all so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, Timothy says some more good news. Governor Bullock 
has issued an order in conjunction with all 56 counties in Montana to make our primary election completely mail-in. There will also be a 30-day early voting period wherein we can submit our ballots to our local election offices if we choose. Voting closes June 2nd, so there is plenty of time to become informed, register if you still need to, and vote. This will be good practice for November. So, hell yeah, Montana, you can now vote mail-in. Yes. Uh, for your primary election. This is from Dan. He said, good news story here. I am in a New York City community that has been completely slammed. I live in a huge co-op complex. Uh, Neighbors are worried. Businesses lining our streets are suffering massively. Yet our halls are clean. Security desks are attended. And the hard work um, conducted by our our 70 member staff goes on. Na- neighbors are profoundly grateful. To express our gratitude uh, to our staff, we have established a gratitude fund. All of our neighbors have arranged special menus with our local suffering restaurants so that their staff can get hot meals every day. Our community has come together massively. At present, we'll be able to keep this fund going for at least a month. So I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Little, it's nice seeing people just like come together and take care of each other the best ways that we can right now. A couple Mm -hmm. of little quarantine confessions. This is from, (laughs) this one's funny. This is from Allie. And she says, quarantine confession. I'm mad at my husband. So today I ate an aggressive amount of broccoli for dinner. (laughs) I know what that means. Oh, God. (laughs) That's so Uh, funny. Also, speaking of like smelly bodily functions, and I don't, this is gross, but I'm wondering if it's true for you because I've seen a few tweets about this. Have you noticed that your yeah. pits like extra stink right now? I don't notice that, okay. but I don't really have me. very smelly pits you naturally. Don't? Okay. I saw someone tweet that they're like their pits are like extra smelly right now and they wonder if it's from like fear hormones and anxiety and stress hormones. Oh. And I was like, I'm not alone. <laughs> Interesting. I know. That right? would make sense. Yeah. Right. So if your pits are extra stinky, you are not alone. That's so funny. You should try native deodorant. Yes, um, you should with our um, discount code. Yes, um, which I don't remember off the top of my head. So sorry, this ad wasn't paid for anyway. But I I feel like, uh, you know, when you go on an airplane mm-hmm. and for some reason there, there's something about going into an airplane, which is just like a flying sewer tube that just makes you come out the other end so fucking disgusting do you feel that oh my god yeah yeah like like my ass smells times 10 Mm -hmm. when i exit a plane even though i've walked very little Mm -hmm. and sat the whole time maybe that's the problem (laughs) maybe but i I, I feel like that's kind of the same effect that's happening here with odors (laughs) yeah maybe but apparently it's a thing, like as the few people on Twitter who've tweeted this have said. So totally. anyway, now you all know yeah. that I have stinky pits. What a lucky wife I have. <laughs> um, anyway, you're welcome, listeners. This is from uh, Hidari. She says, quarantine confession. I looked at the five days worth of dirty dishes in and around my sink before going to the cupboards to see if I could go another day or two. And I've done this more than once. <laughs> uh, I feel you. There's something about doing that that just seems easier. Right. Where you're like, mm, well, there's two yeah. more clean plates left. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I right? feel that. Um, this is from Kimberly. Last one here. She says, the earliest I've had a shot of whiskey is 7 a.m. And it's because of this damn quarantine. I've also been taking lots of baths. Yes. So I feel both those things. Yes. Whiskey baths. Whiskey baths. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't been day drinking very much. But yesterday, Easter Sunday, I woke up and I played a, a big quiz. I did like a big quiz on a team with a bunch of my former flatmates who I lived in London with. And it was the evening for them. Mm-hmm. So they were all, you know, a bit tipsy from having... Been yeah. day drinking, so I put a little Kahlua in my morning coffee yesterday. <laughs> Felt oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, I forgot I was quarantining for a couple of hours. Uh, yes, that was fun. I love that. I totally didn't know Easter things. I'm glad that you did. Uh, did you get, did y'all have like brunch together or something? Yeah, or no, it was a nighttime for them. Uh, it's a nighttime for them, but yeah, afterwards I uh, made mimosas for the wifey and I, and we made some yummy homemade Yay. food. Yeah, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good. Um, talked to my grandpa for a little bit. 
they're back in Vegas, him and my grandma talked to my mom for like a couple hours on the phone. That was nice. Nice. Um, and then talked to my dad and my sister mm-hmm. from in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was good. I want to. I need to watch Here Comes Peter Cottontail. That was my favorite fucking movie as yeah. a kid. Did you ever see that? I feel like I have, but it's been such a long time. Maybe I saw it it's like a, at some point. Yes, it's like a stop motion. It's one of those movies where you'll put it on and be like, oh, God, yes, I have seen this. Because it's like kind of traumatizing. Some Like the mm-hmm. evil bunny in it. <laughs> Dude, you ever watched kids content? like that you or in stuff that you liked as a kid and you watch it now and you're like jesus fucking christ no wonder i had nightmares <laughs> like absolutely Naomi courage the cowardly dog Wait, which one yes courage the cowardly dog uh-huh <laughs> did you ever watch that one no i didn't it was terrifying it would have made like rod serling proud it was like the creepiest fucking messed up scenarios and it was this little tiny dog that lived with these completely like more or less you know unavailable grandparents essentially and it it was this tiny scared dog that always had to they just lived in this cabin completely alone in like a desolate desert area and it was just spooky as shit and they were like haunted constantly and this poor little dog who was constantly terrified just had to like field all of the evil himself mm-hmm. it's crazy that was it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i've been enjoying watching um like some of the old old movies on disney plus like uh bed knobs Ooh. and broomsticks and escape yeah. from witch mountain i also really 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 love uh mary poppins which mm-hmm. there are some creepy fucking characters in mary poppins i gotta say yeah 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 that's great old lady um but yeah any any final thoughts for today my beautiful ginger pal um (laughs) there was a there's a couple big headlines and i'm sure you noticed we didn't cover we're gonna wait for ag to cover those tomorrow when she comes back by the way ag is doing totally fine um we're just uh covering for her today and she's she's taking a chill day which she very 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 much deserves so Everybody send send her your love and mm-hmm. thank you for tuning in to the the Mandy and Jordan show. It's the Mandy and Jordan show just for today. <laughs> yes. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, any final thoughts from me? Uh, I I genuinely hope that you are all taking care of your mental health. I I really I know we say that every time, but I really mean that. I mean. I, I think we've all had a real roller coaster of a time. I certainly have. I've been struggling more with my anxiety and my depression um, the last few weeks than I have in a while. And I, it is a struggle some days to do the things I need to do to um, be functional, <laughs> to to encourage myself mm-hmm. to to you know get get things done and not and not completely fall apart. Um, please know that if you have days where you're completely falling apart, that's totally valid and fine. It's a hard time. But uh, I'm here to encourage you, if you are having a hard time, to try your very best to do those little things that you know make you feel good. Um, mm-hmm. And if you needed someone to remind you to do those things today, to move your body a little bit or to um, write in your journal or to reach out to a loved one or to eat a vegetable, to meditate, whatever it is, um, whatever whatever little things you know that you can do to put a little serotonin in your brain, um, this is your reminder. I know that so many people's mental health is struggling in this pandemic and uh, we have we have a little bit more to go. We have a while more to go before things are anywhere near normal again. So just make sure that you are trying to do the things you can for your mental health when you have the energy to. So here is your reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, just a little bit of love from your I love it. Southern California hippie friends. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think that was fantastic, Aww. and uh, thank you, Amanda. Yeah. yeah. We are going to see you all tomorrow. Ag will be back, and other than that, oh, one more thing, actually. 
I want to ask one more thing. Um, if you have any quarantine confessions or good news, please, please, please send those in um, to Amanda Mellor-Sherrod if you want to email them or tweet them at us at Daily Beans Pod. Um, and also, please, if you are not um, a patron and you would like to join us for our weekly video Q&A live stream happy hours, which we're doing every Friday, it's super easy to become a patron. You can do so at patreon.com slash the Daily Beans. Um, three bucks a month is the cheapest, and you can join our super fun happy hours we have so much fun we've we have like hundreds of people join us every time and um we have a theme every week and it's it's a fun time if you are bored as fuck and you want to come hang out with us yeah it is very fun we i feel like it's a nice respite from the political talk too Mm -hmm. most of the time we're just kind of like spewing personal stories and bullshit and stuff and it's fun yeah for sure Yes, and you get to see us all get drunk or progressively over the course of two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so fun. Um, also, I'm going to plug my other podcast. It's called I Disagree. It is out now. We have four episodes out. Uh, well, yes, we're releasing our fourth episode Tuesday, so tomorrow or today or yesterday, I guess, depending on when you're listening to this. Point is, new podcast and we disagree about things. And we have comics on, and uh, it's it's a good time. Our fourth episode, we're going to talk about coronavirus stuff. And yeah, thank you for listening to that and giving giving my voice another shot in another avenue. A fun little <laughs> side project. That's all I got. And Amanda, you have a new podcast that you're working on too, right? I do. I do actually. No name as of yet, but I'm working on um, – it's it's a mindfulness and meditation themed podcast. Um, and, yes. and more details will be announced shortly if you are interested in something Yay. that is not political at all, uh, something that is a bomb to your soul. Where can people follow you so they can get updates on the project and stuff? You can follow me at Mandy Reader, Mandy underscore Reader on Twitter, and I will announce um, other uh, podcast-related things when they are ready to be announced. <laughs> Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I cut you off. Sorry, you were saying something else. Oh yeah, no, I was just saying it's a. I'll, I'll announce more when it's ready to be announced. But it's a, a when I'm not getting angry about politics, I'm trying to meditate away the anger from politics. So. Uh, hopefully some of the things that I've learned or some of the things that I'm um, creating will help some people out um, in a very anxious time. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. I will be a listener 100%. Yay. Um, great show, dude. Yay. And uh, yes. and uh, and if, if you are missing me, become a patron. I hang out on the live streams every Friday, but otherwise um, see you all on Twitter and I, and I maybe be on the show again next week. But yeah, it was, it was a, it was great hearing your voice, Jordan. Yes, you too. I miss you. Um, we will have more house party sessions with heads up games. Yes. That was so fun. Yes, we Jordan yes. and I had a had a fun uh, if you if you have the house party app, you can play like heads up and trivia games and stuff on there and we had a uh, a happy hour uh drink and played house party with our show editor. <laughs> so, that so was fun. fun. Shout out to Mac. She's the best. She is. She's fucking awesome. Thank you, Mackenzie. We love you. Uh, yes. editor. Yes. Um, okay, cool. Well, everybody, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health. Take care of the planet. I don't know if that was the right order, but <laughs> I think that was all the things. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I have been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>